0: Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of the Balkan Bread podcast. My name's Amina, and thank you guys so much for being here. So for today's episode, we are doing a continuation of the mental health episode that I recorded by myself a few months ago. And... The reason being is that I received a lot of great feedback and a lot of people were asking if we could bring on an expert or someone that has specifically worked with patients from the Balkans who are dealing with different issues like PTSD and just assimilating into a different culture. Um, I know it's something that in our communities it's really hard for people to speak up and talk about it and typically sharing these very vulnerable topics is hard for people because it's seen as a weakness and that's kind of something we will definitely go in depth on for this episode. So I'm super excited because we actually have, well I should mention that she actually designed our podcast art which if you guys notice the change, it's actually this incredible illustration. So in addition to her work with psychology and therapy, she also does illustrations and she's super talented. I'll have her website linked down below in the show notes as well as all the other resources. So very excited to welcome Carolina to the episode. So, she's going to kind of introduce herself, um, talk about where she's from, where she's currently living, and also the work that she does centered
1: on mental health. I'm Carolina. So, I was born uh, in Bosnia, in Rogatica, uh, near the border with Serbia, but I grew up there and in Sarajevo. And now I'm in the Netherlands, near Amsterdam. We've been here since 1992 in the Netherlands Um, and yeah, still here. I have a family of my own now and for 10 years I've been working in intercultural psychiatry. I started there with my internship and uh, never left. (laughs) My colleagues are mostly migrants with, uh, yeah, some are born here and have uh, parents who were migrants and our patients are the same. So we are mostly migrant therapists or Dutch therapists trained in intercultural work and we help people with migration backgrounds and their families. Uh, Sometimes it's Dutch partners, for example. So working interculturally means also focusing on the narrative, the migration, religion and family more than in maybe regular therapies. And uh, we also provide therapy in the language of the patient if it's needed. And we also are one of the few companies that still use translators. About my illustration work, so thanks for uh, yeah, mentioning it. And I, I'm happy you like what I made. So a year ago, I started uh, doing that yeah, on a professional basis. And I always loved doing it. But um, yeah, I had to... Uh, pick up the courage and uh, yeah do it online as well and it's a good balance for my uh, more serious therapeutical work and uh, i just want to mention i'm working also together with charity bosnian kids and i saw you talk to them as well a while ago and uh, a part of the money i make as an illustrator goes to the underprivileged children in bosnia which they support
0: Awesome. Thank you for that introduction. And, you know, with leaving Bosnia, I think you probably weren't really thinking about what you were going to do, you know, professionally as a career. So, when did you first become interested in psychology?
1: Yeah. So, I never really knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. But I, uh, yeah, I started noticing in high school that I, Uh, was reading a lot of books about psychology and everything connected to the human mind and behavior also biology and these things and I was thinking about art school but psychology uh, (laughs) felt a bit safer and my parents uh, actually also liked that choice so that was nice Um, and I didn't know where psychology would bring me but yeah you know i rolled into the therapist side of it and um now now i'm doing a a study as well to become a supervisor so i can work independently so i'm really happy with that i could maybe also start my own practice uh uh yeah in one year something like that so yeah (laughs) that would be
0: amazing and i think you know have you found that there's a lot of other people who are um who have a balkan background that are working like in this particular field or have you found that you know
1: you're like far and few in between there are some others but I've never worked with them. So maybe we're spread out like every city has one or two, but there are not a lot. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. I think I've talked to a few people here just in the United States and There's actually, you know, people who are from Bosnia that are therapists, which I thought was really interesting because I hadn't heard of it or I didn't know anyone who specifically did it. And maybe part of the reason is because nobody really talks about those things or, you know, puts them on public display. I mean, I have no shame. You know, if you want to see my therapist, I'll give you his number. (laughs) To me, that's nothing. Mm. But think everyone's different in that sense. So um, it is really important. And when you have that connection to the homeland, it's probably a little bit easier for you to relate and just get through to all the different patients and people that you're interacting and engaging with. So just to Kind of get into the majority of the episode because we definitely want to talk about you know ptsd and depression and anxiety so i guess in general what has your experience been like with helping treat patients specifically from the balkans who have these different um, i don't know if i should call them issues or disorders or what the proper term is
1: yeah we call it disorders but yeah it's just a name (laughs) yeah so uh the bulk of patients i've seen are mostly a bit older i guess the younger ones also go to regular psychologists in the netherlands because i have seen that our culture doesn't differ so much from the dutch one in the extent that some others do um So mostly it has been people with late onset PTSD. We'll get into that a bit later, I guess. Um, I must say it's quite difficult to work because the problems are so deeply rooted. And um, we find also that our patients sometimes don't understand what therapy is. So that they also have to do the work and um, invest it's not only talking to the psychologist and going home and it will solve everything. Unfortunately, uh, we'd use also regular treatment protocols, but it doesn't always work as it should like, yeah, with the homework and it's, it's a bit uh, difficult. Um, so I have found that the patients weren't too reluctant to involve their family and, yeah maybe it's because they have been living with their problems for such a long time, and their family knows that something's going on um, yeah and it's it's nice to use my language at work as well, and sometimes I give advice to other colleagues about our culture because yeah people don't know much about it actually.
0: yeah, I think that's really beneficial and you know, that's one thing I was going to ask is how open are people to talking about it, especially in that first initial appointment? And then, you know, how long, obviously, it's going to be different for each person that you see and whatever experiences they've been through. But, you know, how long does it really take to start overcoming um, these different issues and just mental blocks and experiences? Because I would imagine the hardest part is really just facing it and acknowledging it and kind of going from there. So have you found that it starts to maybe get a little bit easier after, I don't know, the first couple times that you uh, help someone out or is it kind of, I guess
1: it's dependent on that person? Yeah, it depends really. I think people are quite open because, because most of the time they've been waiting for such a long time to seek help. And then they're happy to talk to somebody. But yeah, with these kind of treatments, with PTSD or more severe depression, it's yeah mostly at least two years of treatment. So it takes some time. Definitely.
0: At least people are taking that first step and you know, deciding that, okay, this is something that I have to face and I have to put in the work and you know I don't know if you can necessarily overcome something that's so traumatic but I think there's definitely ways to go about it and also just in our culture one thing that we always talk about is fighting this stigma with mental health and just other taboo topics things that no one really wants to talk about Yet it's very important because a lot of it is so deeply ingrained in our culture and the way that every single one of us was brought up. So my question for you is, you know, what can we do as Diaspora to help fight this stigma and normalize these issues rather than steering away from them? So something that I see a lot is... People are reluctant to go see a therapist, let alone even talk to their close family and friends about their traumatic experiences. So, you know, taking it a step back, not necessarily just, you know, go to therapy therapy is the answer, but how do we go about bringing up this topic and just stressing the importance of vulnerability as a strength rather than a weakness?
1: Yeah, it's a difficult question, and I think it's yeah. People think that in other cultures there is a stigma about it, but I find that even in so-called Western Western cultures, it, there's a stigma still. And yeah, it's. I think it's very outdated. Sometimes people make jokes like oh, these crazy people, but. Yeah, I think everybody should see a therapist once in their lifetime, probably. I have been to therapy myself as well. And as a psychologist, at one point, you also have to, have to do it. But I did it uh, on my own because I think we all have our issues. And it's better to treat it earlier than later. But um, yeah, so mental health is... is um, stigmatized as you say and i hope that people would uh, treat it like physical health like maybe mental health is even more important and those two are connected as well sometimes people have physical complaints but it's actually uh, psychological and yeah i know that um a problem can also be the finance financing of mental health. I don't know, in every country is so different. Luckily, in the Netherlands, it's pretty good, the, the, how do you say it, the healthcare system. So, yeah, I think just talking about it and, yeah, that's the first step.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's no real easy answer to that question, and... It's going to be hard depending on your family, and I know there's other families that are very open, like you can lay it all out on the table, and usually those are the people who have already kind of talked about their issues, or I don't know, maybe they've seeked help, or they've just been through a lot themselves, you know, not even just with what happened in the Balkans, but just in their day-to-day life since coming here. And I found those are the people where it's super easy, well, not super easy, but it's a lot more comfortable to talk about those topics because those are the people that make you feel comfortable. And so I guess I would encourage everyone to, you know, I think sharing your own experiences and what you've been through, regardless of whether or not you've already gone to therapy, which if you have, that's great. That's something that you can definitely you know, bring up. Um, obviously, you don't have to talk about it. You can keep it as private as you want, but I think if you really see someone who's close to you who could benefit from it, then it does make a difference to just say, you know, hey, I know what you're saying, I hear where you're coming from, and, you know, here's what I did to help me, and just presenting it in a way where it's like, you're not forcing them to really do anything, you're just kind of getting the thought into their head, like, oh, well, you know, hey, like, my cousin did this, or my aunt did this, you know, maybe that's something I should try, um, which I don't know if that's the best way to go about it, but that's kind of how I would look at it, and, it's interesting with therapy because typically it's maybe one really life altering significant event that happens and you realize, okay, I need to talk to someone about it because, you know, for me, it was number one, like with my dad, I didn't really know a whole lot of people that had already gone through that at my age. Um, two of my close friends had, which was really crazy how I'd met them probably a year right before that happened. But anyway, I was like, I have to go talk to someone. And the first couple appointments were really, you know, just talking about that and everything that had happened. And then later on, you know, we would still bring up my dad, of course, but it was talking about completely different, you know, issues that were going on um, in life. So I think therapy can be a great tool. And if someone says that, they don't need to see a therapist, they're perfect, they're whatever, they don't have any problems, you know, they're definitely lying, like everyone has some kind of problem or issue or thing and that doesn't make you any less of a person somebody else. Um, I think some people are just better at maybe holding it in than others and, um, you know, that can be something to think about when you're considering therapy and things like that so um very cool but yeah I think personal recommendation does go a long way with that kind of stuff especially in our culture
1: yeah probably and and like you say you can't force anybody to seek help and to do the work but you can mention it and talk about it what it did to you and uh, like you say there uh, i don't believe there's anybody who has never had an issue you have better times in your life and some more difficult ones
0: another topic that people have asked about you know especially someone who like is in my generation so you haven't really lived you didn't live through the war at all so is it possible for my parents' traumas to be passed down to me? And why is it that certain symptoms of PTSD can appear much later on in life? So, you know, decades after the trauma actually happened. Um, And then is it worse for people who have put off facing their traumas for this long, or does it really not even have a direct correlation?
1: Yeah, so there's an interesting one, and you talked about it in your uh, previous podcast episode. Um, And yeah, so stress can have such an impact that it even can be passed down to your children on a genetical level. I can't explain how it works exactly, but that's what they found. And on another level, um, yes, just stress can be felt by children like for me it was the case as well by parent we fled immediately but my parents were obviously in stress a couple of years while we were here and I was really small but I felt something was going on so um, and if somebody in a household is suffering from uh, yeah PTSD it has an effect on all others in the family uh, yeah, if somebody is angry all their time or has nightmares or is uh, scared of going certain places, it has effect on their spouse, their children. And you asked about the late onset PTSD. That That's what I've seen a lot in my patients. So um, I found there's not much research done on this topic, but they say that maybe a quart- quarter of the patients has this kind of PTSD. And uh, they suppose that uh, it doesn't come at once, but they always had some symptoms. But uh, if something happens, for example, a divorce or uh, losing their job, then it becomes like a full-blown PTSD diagnosis. And that's what I've seen with people from the Balkans, I think. We all started just building our lives and working hard and trying not to think too much about it. and yeah it can kick in uh, after certain yeah ten or twenty years. And I would say getting help earlier is always better. Um, but it's never too late to seek help.
0: That's really interesting because it's like you can go through something completely different later on in life, and yet that experience can bring up, you know different, i guess symptoms and memories of what you had gone through, even if it was like 10 years prior, like, that's really crazy. And I would hope that people wouldn't have to go through that second traumatic, you know, event to realize that. But I think, you know, that's really interesting, because with anything in life, you know, if it really is a problem, and it's something that's affecting your health, if you don't face it, right away. I mean, until you don't face it, you're going to have that kind of problem. Whether you can really see it or not, it's going to be a part of your life. And so I think it's really important to take care of ourselves, especially after all of the really terrible things that, you know, our parents went through and that you went through. I mean, it's just it's crazy to me how that can have an effect, um, you know, even
1: on their children and things like that. So. Yeah. That's what I wanted to say, because most of the time when, uh, somebody comes in for therapy, they have a question, like I want to work on this or this, but yeah, I have to figure out what the true question is, what they really need help, uh, with because it's something more underlying like you say it's it can be something totally different than what's on the surface so that's in the interesting part of my work
0: i love that because i think therapy too it's really just a third party someone who is listening and a lot of times that's what my therapist will do if you know he feels that we aren't really answering the question or he's not getting to you know the core of the issue he just continues to ask questions and then eventually you know we'll get to what really was the problem because you would think that it's I'm trying to think of a like specific example but something on the surface you think is really the issue and then as he starts to ask more questions and you're starting to sit there and realize oh wow I actually have you know, this other problem or this other part of my life is affecting my work or my relationships or whatever it might be. Because when you're so wrapped up in it, you, it's a lot harder for you to really, um, I guess, see that, you know, you're just kind of going about every single day, but you're not really realizing what's actually going on. So I think, yeah, that's, really good to note, um, just asking more questions and really trying to get to the bottom of what's happening. So looking past the older generations, another prevalent topic for the younger diaspora is dealing with anxiety and depression. So how can we help our friends who are displaying certain symptoms? And I find this can be rather difficult because anxiety and depression is something that i see a lot or just certain symptoms and i'm sure that i've probably even dealt with it like on a smaller scale but at the same time i've seen people who you know it's been way worse and so something that i always struggle with is i'm the type of person where i want to help everybody and i want there to be you know a solution for everything but when it comes to these issues it can take a lot of time so you know, how can we be there for our friends? And, you know, just
1: how do we kind of deal with these different symptoms? Yeah, so it can be difficult to understand what somebody is going through. I find it sometimes also still difficult to, yeah, feel what what the other person is feeling. Um, so, yeah, I would say the most important thing is just to be empathetic to listen ask questions be there for somebody it's the most you can do actually and like I mentioned you can't force anybody but but just show them that you love them I guess and um, yeah maybe helping them out practically like cook for them or see what they need and um, yeah if they're really suffering and they can't function that's actually yeah, in in uh, how we set diagnosis, like if somebody can't function in their life, like on their work or relationship, then you could suggest for somebody to seek professional help. Um, yeah, I I remembered what I wanted to say, like <laughs> what is actually like um, being, how you say. Uh, like cured from trauma what is actually what is that I was always asking my colleagues like how do I know when somebody is better Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so they say um, uh, you can't forget things obviously we can't erase memories but if you can talk about uh, a certain memory or remember it with without becoming overwhelmed anymore like you can function uh with this memory with this past then we say like okay you you worked through it it's you can handle it better now so i found that a really interesting way of putting it yeah that's really powerful because
0: when something like that happens i know When um all of that happened with my dad it was very hard to talk about it at the beginning without getting really emotional and upset and crying and then as time went on i mean don't get me wrong there's still moments where it will just kind of hit you and it will be difficult i think that's perfectly normal um as long as it's not something that's obviously happening you know every single day and really affecting your day-to-day life but you know, it got to the point where I was able to talk about it and, you know, share these different memories, talk about my dad, things we'd done together and, you know, just smile and like be happy about it. As was weird as nice to say, but I think, and of course with, you know, each experience, you know, there's some experiences where obviously there's not a whole lot that's positive that you can really take away from it. Um, but I think, yeah, definitely being able to just talk about it without getting too upset and you know just riled up and things like that so yeah that's and that can be hard too i'm sure for you because you know especially when you maybe can't tell like okay i think this person is making progress but you know i'm not sure or things like that i mean i've always always been curious and interested one of my friends she's actually she's considering um, now becoming a therapist, like, that's her next move, which is really interesting. Um, I think she'd be really good at it. She's also been through just a lot in her life. Um, So,
1: yeah, I think I'm trying to see if there's anything else. Yeah, I don't know if it's uh, relevant, but I can say, like, I'm working with migrants from all over the world, and, um, I have some colleagues who are, for example, from Iran, and they only see patients from their own country and i I must say i I think I would find that quite difficult if I only had patients from the Balkans because it it um yeah, it reminds me also of a lot of things I can say i'm I can stay pretty neutral in general. I mean, I couldn't, I, I wouldn't be able to do this work if I couldn't. It's, yeah, it, it's not so difficult for me, but sometimes with certain stories which I hear and you know the places, what they're talking about, and um, yeah, it, and you hear it in your own language, it can be a bit more emotional than, uh, yeah, with other patients. So I'm happy I can help. But uh, uh, yeah, as a therapist, you also have to take care of yourself and be conscious of uh, what you do and what you choose not to do. So yeah, that's something I wanted to add.
0: Yeah, we were, I was talking with um, somebody and we were just saying, you know, what do therapists do? Because it's like you sit around, you know, listening to all of these different stories and yeah, I'm with you. I can imagine just listening to people from our part of the world and back to back, you know, really traumatic things that takes a toll on the person that's listening as much as you want to help them and things like that. Obviously you have to take care of yourself. So it's like, what do therapists do? Like, who do they go to? I know you mentioned, like, going, talking to someone else, you know, about whatever else was going on in your life and now getting into obviously, um, drawing and things like that. Are there any other things that you did, like, I guess, along the
1: way that helped? Uh, yeah, as, as therapists, we, uh, Uh, share the patients with each other so that helps a lot that we can talk openly to our colleagues about it and um, yeah if we feel we need more support we can always uh, yeah look for a supervisor or if it's more personal then yeah to look for a a therapist of your own and yeah that's also an important thing that once you had therapy it doesn't mean you will never need it again For example, in my life, I had it uh, like 10 years ago. And yeah, recently I booked uh, a couple of sessions again about another topic, which, yeah, it doesn't have to be two years. It can be three sessions, for example, which help you again. And uh, yeah, and also just the normal self-care things that other people do as well. Taking some time for yourself and uh, uh, not... uh, overworking just uh yeah that's it
0: (laughs) yeah i mean it's that's good though at least you have you know that support system and there's other things that you can do outside of your work And I like how you mentioned, you know, sometimes it doesn't just take, you don't have to go for an entire year. It might be just a couple of sessions that are very eye-opening and they make you see something that you didn't see before. And if you do go to a therapist, I guess, and my advice would be, because this wasn't my experience in particular, but I know um, one of my friends, it took her She went to like maybe three or four different people just because she felt that, you know, the first guy, you know, she was like, I have to talk to a woman like I can't talk to a guy like about, you know, these issues and things that I've gone through. I just don't feel like they can really relate and be, you know, empathetic towards to what she was going through so I think if you go to someone and maybe it's not the best experience or it's not really what you thought it would be you know you can give it another try or just go to somebody else and maybe it's going to be easier for you to open up to them I mean I don't think there's like a right or wrong way to do it um but I think for yourself you know trying out different therapists if you have to I think it's completely
1: fine yeah and um, all the research shows that the effects of therapy rely 50% on the relationships you uh, have with the therapist. So that's a huge amount. Uh, sometimes it's even more important than the certain techniques uh, that we use. So yeah, you have a good point.
0: Yeah. And I will have all of your um links in the show notes of the podcast, so your website, your Instagram, and then obviously Facebook as well. So um, I think that's awesome that, you know, a lot of the guests we have on the podcast are willing to take it a step further. So if you are listening and you have any questions for her, definitely feel free to reach out and get in touch. Um, you know, maybe you have family that lives in the Netherlands that you know could use a therapist I don't know <laughs> but you just never know you never know who's listening to this podcast is what i found so um yeah i really hope this was helpful um thank you so much carolina for being on the
1: episode today yeah thank you for having me it's uh it's my first time on a podcast it's uh, nice to also to share a bit about uh yeah what i do and uh maybe to even help more people
0: awesome well thank you for making your podcast debut and always for anyone listening who is interested in being featured on a podcast or if you know of somebody who would be a good candidate definitely send an email to hello at balkanbread.com And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to take a screenshot and post it on your Instagram story so we can see what part of the episode you're listening to, um, as well as any other further comments. So that is it for this week. Thank you guys again for listening, and we'll talk to you in the next episode.